irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Hello there, and welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. I have additional certifications in EMDR and Reiki Level 2. You can reach out to me online through my website, which is NOLA therapy.com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. And you can schedule to meet with me by phone, Skype, FaceTime, on location, or in person at my Los Angeles and New Orleans office locations. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to this show on YouTube, Google Play, and iTunes. And I would really appreciate your support through my Patreon campaign. You can either go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Lisa Tahir without any spaces. Or if you go to NOLA Therapy, there are links to Patreon, YouTube, Google Play and iTunes. So my guest today is Patricia Forrester. She is an award-winning writer and recipient of the Disney Writing Fellowship. She has developed films for Paramount Studios and wrote for Primetime TV, including Boy Meets World. Today, we are going to talk about her book, which is a number one bestseller on Amazon, titled Nice Girls on Top. Compassionate and Highly Effective Leadership for Women. I'm going to have Pat talk to us about empowering women of all ages to use their own innate nurturing traits to transform their work and their lives. And if we have time, I'm hoping that maybe Pat will speak to us about her work as a corporate speaker and stand-up comedian where she has done performances at both the Comedy Store and the Hollywood Improv in Los Angeles. Welcome, Pat. Hi. Thank you so hey. much, Lisa, for having me. Yeah, I'm can so you hear me? Happy. I can hear you perfectly. I'm so happy for you to be with us today. How are you? I'm good, good, and I'm so uh, you know flattered to be on your show. Thank you so much. Thank um, you I are really, so welcome. I really liked your book because you talk about women and leadership, you know, without them having to become a bitch or be disingenuous. You know, really <laughs> seriously, if we just jump right in, you know, like yeah, exactly. so. I wonder if, if where would you like to start about why you wrote this book, the mission, what. It's up to you where we start. I'm ready for anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we can talk about why I wrote the book. Well, first of all, I, you know, I, I, as you said, I, I've written for TV and I've worked in entertainment. But um, there's many lean years where I worked in um, office administration. And I would find I would have horrible bosses. I think we're everybody can attest to that. You know, we've had these really, but it really disappointed me when there would be women. And and um, you know, that was it's like I'm looking for role models and don't be this way. And and at that was a time. I mean, I think I'm a little older than you, but I think that uh, you know, I, I was I was finding that you know there was very few women in these leadership 
leadership positions? And if, if so, why do you have to act that way? Why do you have to be a bitch? Be nice, be kind. And, and I, uh, you know, I was growing up, I, you know, I had a, uh, you know, wonderful mother, but I also had these wonderful female school teachers who saw my mm. potential and really built up my strengths and made me, encouraged me. But when I got into the work world, you know, workplace, it, it was a different story. And I don't know if it's basically these women had different bad role models. They felt like they had to be a man because there's very few leadership positions available. So... Um, from that, I thought, and also there was books out called, you know, there. it's a very popular book called Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Off. Yes, and, yes, and, I've heard of it. And I, that bothered, that title, I mean, it was actually a good book. You know, I'll give it that. But the title bothered me because it implies that mean girls get the corner office. And, yeah. um, you know, I... I, want, I wanted to say, no, no, that, that's not true. I mean, nice also people, it, it doesn't mean you're a wimp. Um, I think nice, I wanted to change the word nice and to be, you know, how about a kind, compassionate guide, uh, someone who uh, sees your strengths and helps you out, a mentor, you know. So That's um, how you define you know, nice in your book, which I liked, confident, kind, motivating, you know, so that was exactly. really cool to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and also I, I you know, I, I, if you want to get into like the mission of my book too, is, yeah. I, you know, it, it is really to encourage women to take on leadership roles and uh, at work and, and in society. And, and now, as you see, is like maybe in politics, women mm-hmm. are, you know, getting more, more involved in, you know, as you saw the women's march, it was like, if you think about that, that was the largest, did you know this, the largest protest march in history. Um, and it was throughout the world. And it was a grassroots movement by a few women in Hawaii. It started with a Facebook post in Hawaii. And um, so it's just like the, the uh, women, and if you saw the movie Hidden Figures, you, you'll know that, you know, the women have been, uh, you didn't know that story about, you uh-huh. know, these African American women who work for NASA. And there's a lot of stories, lots of stories about women that you don't hear about because, you know, we really are the unsung hero, uh, heroes of history. And so we do have leadership inside. And, um, what you do know, you think I really, holds us back, Pat, from, from accessing well, think, that? Well, I think, well, first of all, discrimination, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, we've, we've, we've had to uh, push down those barriers all, you know, especially our, the generations that came before us, you know, think of all those women, think of the women in that movie, Hidden Figures, and they, that was a very challenging, not only were they African-American, but here they are women, you know, in a very male-dominated field. And if you saw the movie, you saw how they were treated, but they kept persisting. You know, that's a new... <laughs> new no, this slogan, movie's but, on my list now. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, you haven't it seen sounds it? Oh, really, it's no. it, it's, it, it? It's great. And, you know, I mean, women are looking for role models. You, 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 you know, so so there's discrimination in lack of confidence, which comes from discrimination. It's like so many years, you're, it's been drummed in your head that women... You know, especially in our generations before us, you know, women had either a mother, you're a school teacher, you're a secretary. There wasn't a lot of, um, you know, in my book, I, there was a one section where this woman, you know, uh, she said in the 70s when she went to look for a job, the newspaper, I didn't know this, there would be a section for women's jobs, men's jobs. Wow. And, you know, I was like, what? And um, uh, so yeah. women... Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, she wanted to be the manager of this restaurant she was working at, but the only way she could do that was be a cook first, and they only mm-hmm. let men be cooks. So she, like, one day, the one of the cooks was sick, so she went back there and cooked, 
And from that, they couldn't like deny her a management position. So she started moving up and she ended up owning restaurants and doing other things. But um, she's one of the women um, in my book. So, um, so it, well, actually, but to like, tell you how my book is set up. So I've had leadership yeah, the layout. in my yes. life. Yes. Yeah. I've, um, I've had leadership positions in my book, in my life, my book, you know, in my <laughs> life, you know, mostly in volunteering and doing those all kinds of things. But I really wanted to talk to some people who have been executives um, in companies. So I, you know, I had one woman who was in, uh, in, works in entertainment, another woman who works, used to run, you know, worked in restaurant, like I said, a couple women who were doing nonprofit work, all these deep women, you know, I interviewed five women and I asked them a series of questions and they were known to me or they referred to me as being kind and compassionate people. And so mm-hmm. I really wanted to, um, you know, find out what it is, what made you a leader and what, where did you acquire these skills? And, you know, and what do you do every day? What do you do? Um, so, you know, that was the big, the breakup of um, how my book is, but going back so, to your question, of, so do you listeners. want to go back to this? Yeah, for our listeners to know that that your book is set up, you interviewed five successful women who were leaders in their fields, and they mm-hmm. utilize positive management techniques. So just for our exactly. giving a visual to, to our listeners right now, since I don't know if they've read the book. Yeah. So, yes. So from there, yeah. and it's a so conversation yeah, yeah. I mean, style typewriting that, yeah, I, that you employed. Yeah, exactly. I, I always like those kinds of books, um, and I, you know, I thought it would be better to have a list of, like you're like imagine you're a, a sitting at a um, and listening to a panel discussion about this this topic, and I kind of want to get that. So it's a, hopefully a, a free flowing, easy to read, you know, kind of a book. And and um, people said, oh, this is like a guidebook. And even uh, somebody who I didn't know read the book and told me later, but Pat, you have everything in the book. Every anything a leader should go through: the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, it's there. You know, so um, hopefully, you know, people who do pick up my book and read it. And and I, like I said, like going back to what your um, initial question is, what holds us back? I really mm-hmm. do hope people will not be held back um, because I would say that the more women take up leadership positions, um, the, the, we'll march towards equal rights faster. So mm-hmm. more women who are standing up, and now we've come a long way, but as you know, we have a long way to go. Right. Um, so, so um, and if you want to talk about maybe how do you do that and how do you, I, I think we, we were talking that? about- Yeah. <laughs> Well, we were talking right on before that I think that people have to realize that they are leaders already. Uh, and you, if you get up every morning and you make decisions about your life, you're a leader. You're, you know, you might be leading me. You might be leading one. You might, if you're a mother, oh my gosh, you're, you're leading a whole family. Yeah. And, so, and I want our listeners to know, Pat, that I watched a video of you giving a talk at the U.N. women's meeting in L.A., the United Nations women's meeting in L.A. And one of the things you said that stood out to me was everyone has leadership inside. And I think your book, you know, by utilizing these five women examples that you dialogue with throughout the pages of the book, I was put into touch of how I am a leader, have been a leader, can be a leader in ways that mm-hmm. weren't so obvious. So I really like how you how you structured that. Yeah, I mean, well, we can talk about that a little bit right now. Um, so in your family, let's say you have 
you, you know, we might not have the perfect family, but hopefully your family is your first team and you, you know, your mother and father are naturally the leaders. And, but everybody is like a team and it's teamwork. I think there's one example and there's, well, I know there is one example in my book uh, of a woman who I, um, on the panel or a panel of my panel of experts, she was saying yeah. that, you know, she was made to feel like she was um, a leader at some times when she, like they, when they would go on family vacations, they would ha- hand her the map and ask her, how do we get to point A to point B? And she would pull out the map and, you know, so she felt like she was, contributing to this team, this teamwork. So I think that's, we, we forget about that. And, and especially also I, I was speaking to a woman, well, your sibling order, do you, if you're the oldest, you naturally, you're, you know, take on leadership skills. And, mm-hmm. um, but also our parents ideally are role modeling the acceptable behavior. Because if you think about it, if a family ideally is one where everybody cares about the other person and we're a team and it comes from a place of love and compassion. So it's like that. And it, it even, and I talk about school, I, I don't talk about school teachers so much, although those kind of, I have a section on mentors, but, um, yeah. but in school, if you've taken, if you, let's, let's say there's one woman who like, she was in college and she wanted to sail and there was no sailing club. So she started the sailing club because <laughs> she mm-hmm. followed the passion, you know, she followed this passion of like, so a lot of women, if we follow our passion, you might be afraid, but like, I really want this. And there's no, there's no organization, you know, where, where there is no leadership lead, you know, where like we're, create where there's it. A, create it, create it. And it, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. And, and that's natural. In fact, when there's also a chapter in volunteering, Volunteering is a good way, a good place to learn leadership um, mm-hmm. because I, like there's an example of a woman who um, uh, volunteered to, for the uh, Red Cross yeah. and uh, and they were basically saying to her, it's just like, I don't feel ready for this as well. If you have a pulse, <laughs> you can do anything. You know? And yeah. so she really, she learned so much. And, you know, when you're a leader in a volunteer situation, you, you know, you people aren't getting paid. So sometimes, actually, that is harder. A, right, <laughs> right. But it also can be a safe not, place to take a risk because exactly. well, you're not being paid, yeah. I think, is the well, other yeah, side it, of that. Well, exactly. But also, you get to learn how to be charming and diplomatic. I was reading um, also, uh, also that Wikipedia started off as a volunteer organization. Oh, wow. So they had... Their management style had to be really kind and compassionate, and you know they had to employ that kind of strategy because everybody, nobody was getting paid. So they had to say they had to appreciate everybody, constantly say thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, and then that's if you bring that into when you're a volunteering and volunteering leading, you're you're like getting these people who they're doing this on their spare time. But hopefully they're doing whatever they're volunteering for because they have a passion, it's the greater good. And so you got that going for you. But you, you, but so you have to be a little bit more charming. Let's say that. Because you always want, you, you want people, you're persuading people to do something that they're not getting paid for. So you really learn how to exercise that part of your personality, that social skill. 
Um, and so what, so it, what I hear you talking about is for our listeners to know that the first four chapters of, of your book talk about where we learn compassionate leadership. And within the first few sentences of your book, when you brought up family as kind of the initial place that we learn leadership, that that struck me immediately because, you know, if, if you imagine – I think uh, leadership on a continuum based on the family and on one side is healthy family, you know, modeling healthy leadership, you know, to the other side is unhealthy dictator abusive. And, you know, most people fall somewhere along the middle. However, in my work and practice, I see people that are clustered more on the dysfunctional end of family mm-hmm. and leadership, you know, so I, I thought that was just an interesting point that, sh- yeah, we learn in our family how to lead or not lead. And then in school, exactly. you know, depending on the kind of teachers, like say the New Orleans public school system versus a, a school district in say Los Angeles with more resources, you know, those kids are also having less or more depending on where they are. And it all kind of made mm-hmm. sense the way you laid this out. So I really liked how you spoke of all the places we learn to be leaders that aren't obvious, like like this, yeah. family, school, yeah. etc. Volunteering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, what made you exactly. think of that? I'm curious. Do you just just in constructing the book, it, it came to mind when you were reflecting on maybe the places you learned about leadership? It, well, exactly. And I, I did I did some, read some other books, too. Like, where do we learn leadership? And, you know, like there was like whole, you know, also a chapter in mentors, because let's say you don't have the most ideal family. Hopefully you'll meet somebody along the way that sees sees you sees your potential as a person. Um, uh, and I, well, like I, what, what was my thought? I had a thought. I had a little bubble, bubble there going on. But, um, so what was your question? <laughs> can I, can I jump in with something about mentors? Cause you mentioned it a few moments ago and I feel like it's not by accident that you're my guest today talking about leadership, women and leadership. I I've been in my own process of writing a book for the first time with a literary agent and, uh, you know, publishers that are interested and, and other agents. And so it's, it's a book that has to do with core wounding and, and healing from that. Mm-hmm. And I haven't realized mm-hmm. that as I've been immersed in this project for six months, you know, it's brought up a lot. I've been pretty intense and pretty, um, Mm -hmm. you know, some family and friends are kind of like, what is going on with you? And as I was emailing uh, a mentor of mine, Catherine Woodward Thomas, who wrote Conscious Uncoupling and Calling in the One, last night we were emailing and she suggested a coach for me. She's like, you're in some deep waters right now. And, you know, Mm -hmm. basically I'm paraphrasing, uh, you know, our emails throughout the past six months that, you know, in a project like this, you do become so immersed in your material. Material. And since this is unfamiliar for me to be a leader in this way, I haven't been aware that my immersement in this material is bringing up a lot, you know, for me. So she recommended a coach to mentor me through my writing process, which I feel so excited about. So I think mentorship is really important when we step up into new ways of leading ourselves and others. And I wonder what you think mm-hmm. about About mentors or about mentors and, well, and, you know, times when we step up into leadership, when it's important to identify those resources mm-hmm. for ourselves. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's always good to do research, talk to other people. I mean, there is actually a section on mentoring where I have a, a chapter on mentoring, but later in the book, when you become a leader, you should mentor as well. And and I found somebody, one of the women did say that when she mentors, she learns just as much 
from the mentee as she does. She's, mm. as she's you know, teaching. So we, it's, it's, and you, actually, if you've seen my UN women speech uh, on YouTube, um, it, you know, I talk about, we, you can help each other. It, it, it doesn't have to be like one person's over the other. It, but yeah, definitely. I think when you're looking to lead, let's say you're in a company and you like someone's leadership style and you can seek that person out and you might admire them. They might not be at your company. You might say, I, I want to uh, learn about this field. Let me contact this person and see if it would be my mentor. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I, I think ment- mentoring is very important on both sides. You know, you should be the mentee and you should be a mentor if possible. And, and hopefully, I even say at the end of my book, I hope like these women in the book are mentors as well. Um, hello? Yeah, I'm listening. I'm here. Oh, I... Uh, before you broke up for a couple minutes. Oh, okay, for, yeah. For a, a couple of seconds. But so, yeah, definitely. I think it's it's really important. I think we can't do anything alone. We're not, we, you don't want to be that kind of leader too because you want to be a person who listens and understands and yes. it really has to come from that kind of place. Not, And that was the reason for my book is also don't, um, there's leaders who say, do as I say, not as I do. I had a, even had a boss who said that, don't, do as I say, not as I do. Because I would look at her and I would say, well, you're not doing that. Like, <laughs> I was kind of a right. you know, smart ass. Of that, but you, you, we parents say that. that was, parents, parents say that. My mommy say that all the time. Do what I say, not what I do. <laughs> so oh, I've heard that's that. That's not good. I know. <laughs> so, you know, and that's causing me to think in, in your chapter five about fear-based leadership and how it yeah. is an ineffective style. Do you want to talk some exactly. about that with us? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I even talked to the woman on the panel, and there's a whole chapter about that. And then there, how it's it's called feared to be uh, be fearless, but not a, a do not be feared. You don't want to be feared because, first of all, on both sides of that, first of all, you if you've been you know an abusive anybody who's been in an abusive workplace where people yell at each other and you have a boss that scares the hell out of you, mm-hmm. you don't you don't you don't you you're not operating at your highest you are you're just kind of getting by you're just like i don't want to get in trouble you have this kind of punch the clock mentality um you're almost like a zombie you're not coming up with the greatest ideas and in fact i had this example um where it's like if everybody's seen i love lucy's like chocolate factories yes so if they go get a job they're not used to working and so where does the fear-based kind of mentality come from? It's, it's basically these factory workers and, and they're told to stay in line because they're all working as a team and they have to run the machine. The machine is more valuable than the people are. Than the individual, so, than the person. Exactly, exactly. So you see kind of Lucy and Ethel, they get there and this this very tyrannical, like, hey, all right, this is what you got to do. You got to, you know, put these uh, you know, chocolates here and chocolate. So they're acting like they know what they're doing. And uh, and all of a sudden they hear like, you know, you know what you're doing? Speed it up. So they start throwing the chocolate in their hats and down their bras. And it, yeah. it's basically we're hiding our mistakes because we don't want to get fired. And, mm-hmm. and nobody's being honest and everyone's scared. And so I you know, let me go back maybe a minute and talk about where did that come from? Why why are why do why did anybody think that was a good idea? I don't know. But it it started many years ago, um, in the military. They 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 wanted every a team going out there as a unit 
So everybody mm-hmm. kind of had to stand in line. There was no, it was no place for individual ideas because you could get killed. So when industrial age was born, you had all these factory workers and the machines and operating the machines and they had to, op, you know, but then, then this hierarchy of supervisors and managers are kind of like grew above that. So you have people, you go to the workplace and you basically you have people who are micromanaging you or you doing your job, do, 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 you know, it's like people telling you what to do all day. It's it, 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 so in, that so they found that was really a bad um, management style, and when yes. the information age started in the um, stop me anytime by the way, yeah. <laughs> in the internet, the internet world, you know, with the internet world, internet, the internet age, information yes. age, they noticed that we can't operate like this anymore. In fact, we have to be kinder and more compassionate. We have to let people express their ideas and ideas emerge when people are treated with kindness and respect. Yes. So that's why that management style, the new management style being kind and co- compassionate really had to had to happen. So yeah, I want to jump in with some some brain chemistry. I really loved this portion of your book how cuz I never distilled it down quite so um you know precisely that coming out the military style leadership that was used in the industrial age based upon fear and control and a system of hierarchy where there's a lot of fear and and managing Mm -hmm. employees and how you know when the brain is in a fight or flight type situation um you know like this type of management style promotes you're not able to make good decisions it's kind of like you're able to make the most basic you know survival skill type decisions which are low level you know functioning at a low level and so Mm -hmm. there's no creativity um it's basically to save your ass and it just doesn't promote you know, it, it promotes low morale, low self-esteem, a lot of fear, and not a, a strong commitment to, I think, one's employer either. So I love exactly. when you talk about the shift into the information age and like companies like Google and Apple and, and that really value the individual and their thoughts mm-hmm. and ideas and, you know, giving adequate vacation and, and such mm-hmm. that people want to come to work and want to plug in and give their best Exactly, exactly. And I think that those are the companies that are becoming more and more successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, exactly. And I'm, and, and really, you know, the thing is, women, if you think about it, innately have those nurturing skills. So why not we take do. advantage of it? You know, we have that, that advantage. And so don't act like a man. You know, yeah. be the best, be the best part of yourself. Become that kind of a leader. So you also talk about being nice without being a pushover. And I wonder if you can offer us some tips on how we can achieve this. Because I know I've confused it sometime. I, you know, am a kind person, yet that, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't mean that I'm a pushover. You know, setting limits and boundaries can be done in ways that are not mean or bitchy or aggressive. So I wonder if you could offer up some tips. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. So like, like I said, being nice, um, I hopefully was changing the definition of nice in my book. Nice doesn't mean you are a pushover. There are two mm-hmm. separate things. And I do have um, a, a chapter in the book uh, about this, but I, in a more broad sense, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, there's some tips I can give people. First of all, and, and I have a section about <clears throat> picking your team. I have a chapter about picking your team. So um, I, I would say pick your team carefully. That's my first tip. Um, I know we, um, 
because if you don't, I mean, if you want to find this personality traits where people are not taking advantage, you want people who are honest, have integrity. Sometimes that's a gut feeling on the interview, but go back and do your research on the person. We'll, we'll cut it. And, and, you know, unfortunately we live in this age where people can get sued. So maybe not the former employers or whatever is going to give you the most honest answer, but sometimes it really is a gut instinct and you can might have to come back a couple person might have to come back for a couple of interviews. So now in, yeah, yeah. So that's in number one, pick your team carefully. And, and, and sometimes you you can't, you, you can't because you team, might you inherit know? a team. So I wonder what do we do in those situations? Exactly. Well, I would, you know, you have to go out and you trust your team. And that's in point number two, trust your team. So like whether you choose this team or not, you should always like relax and trust that everything will go. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, because if you don't, like I have this one woman, the one of the women in the book, um, she said that she was a lawyer and she was told that she had to work overtime a lot. But they got all, what, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I um, we're here for a couple seconds. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so um, she was always being questioned, why aren't you here at 9 a.m.? And it's like, but ah. I worked late the last night. You know, so the thing is, she she said after a while it became so demoralizing. They didn't care yeah. about the quality of the work, but they always were so concerned that she was taking advantage. And she said that she now she is a director, uh, you know, and she she runs a company. And she said, I we have very liberal uh, sick leave policy and, and maybe people are taking advantage of that, but it's not in my best interest to try to find that out because, you know, it, it, it's demoralizing. It's, it's putting out this message. I don't trust you. And it, it just, it puts out a bad vibe. So you really have to, you know, it's, it's, some, if it's blatant, blatant, you know, something, then you should, you know, take the person aside in private and talk to them right. about it. But I would always go out to the idea that you, you're going to trust your team initially, whether you pick them or you didn't pick them. Always, And then you can start them. learning the individuals on your team and finding out what motivates them and what doesn't and, you know, inquiring at that level over time is what I remember yeah, you I, talking about as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's like, you know, I have a chapter on picking your team. I even have a, uh, have a chapter on inheriting a team. What do you do if you didn't pick that team? I actually, I think they're in the same chapter. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's like team, yeah, picking your team. Um, and also the third point I would say is uh, uh, treat everybody, everyone equally. Uh, so, so like you don't want to pick, pick, yeah, you don't want to, yeah, but don't pick favorites. Like uh, you don't want that. I, I even had a right. boss where, People, you're like, oh, she, you're her pet. It's like, what? No, I don't want, I don't want that vibe out there. She, she, she was nice to me. She should have been nice to everybody. Yeah. And um, so if, if, and there was actually, um, someone says, like, you don't want anyone feeling slighted because if you do, there's feelings of resentment. And uh, I don't know if this is where, yeah, I think she said there's, if you want, like, let's say when someone wants a time off. Okay. And everybody, not just a couple of people, but everybody should submit their request two weeks ahead or something like that. I mean, you have to put these rules. Standardize your. Yeah. Standardize yeah, your. Structure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. A lot of like um, human resources departments try to do this, like structural rules and guidelines and everybody has to follow those. So it's like, you know, so it's like nobody is getting a preferential treatment. So if you do that, 
then I think that really helps you not being a pushover because you're treating everybody equal. And then finally, I would, well, no, actually I have fourth point. I have two more points. Yeah. Okay, so I would say fourth, be a gro- great role model. Like we're talking about, you were saying about yes. your mother, but I think you have to lead by example. So if you're right. not taking advantage, nobody else will take advantage because they're looking to you. They're, people are looking for role models. Mm-hmm. So that that's it. That's it. I, I really think that you really have to be a great role model. You have a great responsibility when you're leading. You're you know leading anybody. You ha- you have to be. You have to do what you say. If you're telling someone to do something, you make sure you're doing it too. And I think it helps to even lead, you know, and as far as being a role model, lead in ways that you like to be led. Do the things that you want to get from the people on your team or that you're managing and working with. Mm-hmm. I'm part of the Tulane University Glass Department for the last 20 plus years. And the founder oh, wow. of that department is in his mid 60s and he still, you know, sweeps the floor, cleans things, like does the grunt work, as he calls it. You know, he he's not mm-hmm. too good for that. And he's such a, a positive model of what a leader is, you know, to get down on mm-hmm. his needs and, you know, dig all the garbage out from underneath the furnaces and annealing ovens, the stuff that no one wants to do, but it's, you know, he does that. And so if he's going to do it, there is no one in our department, you know, that can say no. And he's been a big motivator just by his example in in that kind of way. So I really like leaders that aren't scared to roll up their sleeves, get their hands dirty and, and whatever that looks like for the industry, the individuals in. Yeah, exactly. I think that, just like I said, it's just really important. Um, yeah. And then fifth, I would say uh, stand up for yourself because, you know, nice bosses, it doesn't mean if you're nice, doesn't mean you're weak. And I think that if somebody is taking advantage of your kindness, uh, actually, I had one of the women on the, the panel said that she fires them, she lets them go. But I think initially you should pull them aside and talk to them privately and why, you know, express your concerns. Why are you behaving this way? Give them the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt. They might, there might be something going on in, in their life to, for them to maybe lash out at you or take advantage of you or whatever, or take advantage of the work situation that is. So those are my five tips. I, if you want to go, I can go over those again really fast. Um, uh, and I just want to I just want to add in. I know a lot of a lot of companies that are successful bring in leadership coaches. I work with a lot of executives in my private practice and they are leaders and they're on their teams and they have coaches that help mentor them in additional in addition to the work that that we do since I'm not a corporate I'm not trained as a corporate coach per se. So there are mm-hmm. coaches that one can reach out to as mentors if you're company doesn't provide that resource to to google and find you know corporate coaches in your area yeah i've seen that be really effective oh yeah 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 i mean i i know i know somebody and i actually i do it too it's like you go to um these uh, corporations and and you help people people are you know just need sometimes a little uh adjustment you know they, they 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 mean well they but, you know, you come home, you know, you go into the workplace and you have a lot of things going on in your life. And sometimes you're grumpy, <laughs> you know, you're not feeling well, you know. And uh, I actually had a, I had a female boss who, um, well, actually it could have been any a male boss, but she was on painkillers and her, her, and she was going through back surgery. It was not, it was not fun working for her. Um, 
and, and her mood swings were you know crazy. So I don't I don't want to excuse that, but I think that you know we're all human. We all make mistakes. <clears throat> you know, like even you'll probably read this book. It's like I can't be perfect like these people. They're they have their bad days, but you always aspire. You're always aspiring to be better. Um, that's what you right. have to do. It's like okay, I messed up, but. Um, I'm, so that's what coaches help people do. It's like they they might be almost there, but they help them tweak their leadership, you know, style. Um, and uh, yes. so, yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm sure. So also, you know, you're a therapist, and people come to you. Are they? Do they? Are any of them bosses and or leaders of a team um, where they? Yeah, most of them are. And they come to me to identify what uh, literally from their childhood has caused them to have certain roadblocks and methods of Mm -hmm. leadership. Typically, it's the personality type that had a very authoritative type parent that was abusive in some way and strict. And so it's caused this individual to focus on, you know, their employees, what they're not doing. And these are typically type A, highly successful, motivated people. And so they expect a lot of themselves and others. And so I help Mm -hmm. them see like, hey, like, that didn't feel good to you when when your father only recognized what you didn't do and demeaned when you tried your mm-hmm. best, but it wasn't to his standard, for example. So maybe you can take this employee and say, I really I noticed when you did X, Y and Z well. I'm looking at mm-hmm. this area. Tell me what's going on here. And instead of judging on the onset, mm-hmm. ask, like, tell me about this area of, of your work. And, and mm-hmm. you know, to elicit more information instead of just starting to dictate what needs to change. So it draws the person into a dialogue about themselves. Mm-hmm. And then you can help, yeah. you know, coach and mentor them. So that's, yeah, that's what I, I find. Yeah, well, then, then, they're, then that's good that they're going to you and you're they're talking to you about it because um because you know the funny thing is when i wrote this book it's like <clears throat> people said i i have a boss i should give you that my book your book to them because everybody says they have a bad boss everybody thinks they have bad bosses but yeah you know the thing is you know the people who you want to give the book to somebody but everybody thinks it's the other person's problem they don't mm. they don't realize mm-hmm. that they might have the problem too because you know we're surrounded by that we don't and also the thing is because people aren't getting the right leadership training or um they're going into these positions not feeling prepared and and they they kind of lash out at people and they don't they kind of act like a dictator because they're afraid themselves when you say yes. that i i uh they're 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 these angry dictators who you better do what i say because i'm the boss <laughs> but they're, yeah. they're afraid inside afraid, you know of course you know, I want to talk for a little bit about, because we have the time, just to go back to this. We touched on it in the beginning, but I, I think it's really, mm-hmm. really interesting because words are powerful and language is important. And the title of your book, Nice Girls on Top. And when I think of the word nice, a part of me, uh, you know, if I'm honest, almost cringes. If I think about, mm-hmm. you know, when someone says, even Lisa, you're so nice. It's like, ah, but that must mean I'm not sexy or I'm not intelligent or I'm not. <laughs> So I think, you know, so I think I'm speaking for the collective in that this word at somewhere in our culture has gotten a negative rap as opposed to nice Mm -hmm. is powerful. There's a lot of power in that I can walk Mm -hmm. around being kind to people and get great Mm -hmm. work, get great feedback.
feedback, have great relationships, you know, by being nice. Like I walk around feeling a sense of, you know, just confidence and easiness in my life at the dry cleaners or gas stations, you know, like wherever I go, there is a spirit of welcoming and, you know, joy and Mm -hmm. and that there's a lot of power in that, you know? So it's just, I just want to make sure we take some time to talk about the power of being kind and leading and just existing. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you rather be around somebody who's kind to you? Uh, yeah. I mean, wouldn't you be more excited to give your and share your ideas with that person, and and you'd, you'd look forward to being, or, you know, you look forward to being around that person every day. But if they, you know, rather so, and yeah, and you're right, nice because you know, women were told be nice little girls and be quiet, sit in the corner, don't you know, don't speak up. So and that's not know, nice. That's being invisible. Exactly, or it's being like uh, sh- you know, be quiet, shut up, and behave, behaving. You know, you're being nice, little, you know, that kind of thing. So nice for women. And even I explained it in the introduction of my book is like women were getting mixed signals. You know, um, you know, stand up for yourself. You know, like, like don't act like men, but don't act like women. You know, it was it's really hard. It was like, how do you find your leadership style when you want to break down these barriers? You feel like you have to act tough like men. And yeah. so, or, but, but there's a lot of men who are very kind and compassionate too. So, um, yeah, definitely. But, so, um, but so, yeah, nice. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I want to just be sure. <laughs> okay. No, you, if you can hold on to it, I just want to be sure I realize I haven't given our listeners your website yet to order your book. It is Patricia Forrester, F O R R E S. T-E-R.com, and your book is available on Amazon. How would you like people to reach you for speaking or about your book? I want to be sure we get that information out here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, you can go to my website, patriciaforrester.com. It's actually, you can also get it on patforrester.com. Um, uh, I don't know whichever works best on your <laughs> website. But, um, sure. yeah, I have a book, definitely a book. I, you know, I'm, able, I'm available for speaking and um, coaching if, if that's what you would like. Um, but definitely you, there's a way to contact me. There's a contact page on there. So, there's you know, you can either call me or email me. Um, and also, if you want a, a, an autographed copy of my book uh, as well. Um, but uh, definitely you can buy it on Amazon. And uh, I guess as I'm a little um, humble, so I don't, it's hard for me to push myself, but uh, I'm glad you're doing it for me. <laughs> then I'll do it for you. So if the listeners want an autographed copy, copy of Pat's book, you can email her, pat at patforrester.com. And, oh, it's patriciaforrester.com. Oh, it's a pat at patriciaforrester.com. Oh, gosh, That's thank all. you, Pat at patriciaforrester.com <laughs> for an autographed copy of your book that listeners can purchase. And I wondered, Pat, before we're done, it was so interesting to me that you have done stand-up comedy, and to me that fits in so well with your speaking style. Can you talk to us a little bit of how, um, oh, that wow. sounds scary, how, how that was? That oh, part oh of it is. Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. Well, that, there you go. There's being a leader in my life. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, I, I want to talk about, let's talk about fear, um, being fearless. So it's like, so everybody's afraid. I was afraid getting on this ra- uh, radio program today. We're all going to be, um, but when when you decide to take action, you're, th- that's a great thing. Even if you're nervous about it, go ahead and do it. Uh, yeah. Um, so I love comedy 
and I've done some, I've done, I guess I've done stand-up comedy and I, you know, just to take a break here, I don't know if I want to get too serious. I, the last few years I've been, I had, I just got over battling cancer. So I've taken a break mm-hmm. from a lot of things, right, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, but, um, yeah. and that was a, that was a, that was a tough time, but you know what? I, I'm pulling through that and I'm, I'm totally fine. Cancer free now. Um, but I'm so happy a, about that. Thank you for thank sharing you. that. Sure, sure, sure. So I think no matter where we are in life, I wanted to say that no matter where we are in life, we can rise again, you know, we can pick ourselves back up. So stand-up comedy, yes, it, it's definitely scary, but you know what, when you get your laughs, it's so exhilarating, so much fun. And I like to um, employ humor in my speaking style. And and uh, of course, I have to be serious, because you'll take me serious. But um, I definitely want to add some humor, and you know, we're like you said, we're all we're all in this together, and um, you know, we're, like I said, I really want people to understand we're all leaders. Like I said, if you get up in the morning, you make decisions for your life, uh, or even in anybody, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, Pat, thank you for being my guest today. It's been really great to talk to you and hear more about your work with women and leadership and finding that leader within all of us. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I look forward to seeing you in Los Angeles. Yes, 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 yes. So we're done now. Hey, is that it? Or, um, yeah. Is there any we're, final thoughts? We're, we're yeah, we have like a we're at the very well, end. Well, you know final what? Thoughts? I yeah. really hope people buy my book. But even if you don't, whether you do or not, don't be afraid to take on leadership because if more women are leaders, we're going to really conquer the world. And I, I and I, I love women, and I really hope they do. <laughs> I love thank that. You. Yes, and, you're so welcome. Yeah, go on. Oh, and thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me on your program today. You're welcome, Pat. Thank you for coming on and sharing your work. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. That concludes my show today with Pat Forrester. Her website is patforrester.com, where you can find her book, Nice Girls on Top, Compassionate and Highly Effective Leadership for Women. I hope everyone has a great week and join me next week, same time, as I bring you another guest. Bye. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money.